Hello, my name is Noah Patterson. And my name is Hannah Marshall. And today we're going to be doing the newest episode of English 494's podcast, Inquiries and Theories. In this episode, we're going to be taking a look at some of the historical gender performativity seen in a lot of music, uh, particularly looking at David Bowie and Prince and bringing it to modern day artist Janelle Monae and her two newest singles, Make Me Feel and Django Jane. All right, so we're going to start out with the uh, general history of music that has gone against gender norms and the artists behind this movement. In this particular segment, we really want to focus on those who started the movement and are seen as trailblazers in the music industry, which um, includes David Bowie and Prince are the main focus. So music has always been an art form that has allowed self-expression and acceptance of your true self. But for many years, there's still been uh, many restrictions on this. Even though music advocates to be your true self and accept yourself, there's still a lot of um, gender um, norms that are happening in the music industry. So representation has still been very limited in music. Women are expected to be more feminine in their music and um, they should really embody this. So for example, a woman singing songs about sex um, you know, that wasn't okay for a really long time, and even now, we still really judge a woman if she's openly talking about sex. Um, and then men, you know, there's is, you know, the opposite. They're um, expected to sing about sex, but specifically sex with the opposite gender, with women. So those are kind of just like the, um, your standard, like, roles that are seen in the mu music industry. And then we'll go a little bit into um, David Bowie and Prince and how they really pushed these boundaries and really became symbols for people all over the world. Um, so Prince, his overall style, his music style and his fashion style and just everything about him didn't fit into a neat gendered box. Um, he mixed masculine and feminine looks into something that was entirely his own. Um, so he wore these, you know, really flamboyant outfits that had like big ruffles and he would wear heels and bright colors but then it was kind of contrasted with the more masculine features that he had such as his facial hair so he um, was doing that to really go against the norm but that was more of his look and then his music i did find a really good quote from the la times that was talking about prince and his influence and it says uh, particularly during the 1980s and um, 90s he helped liberate teenagers and young adults considered to be outsiders, artists, misfits, members of the LGBTQ community, and others who often had to repress their identities, sexuality, and behavior. Um, and I really like that quote because I think it really just sums up, you know, what he was about, you know, even though his music wasn't, you know, like openly about sexuality or um, gender norms still his persona was, and that was really important to a lot of people. Um, and then we'll move on to David Bowie, who, um, similar to Prince, David Bowie represented that it was okay to be different and go against the norms that society has set up for us. Um, and his big thing was really his um, androgyny, and he really embodied that with his, he had um, multiple characters that he played, um, including his first one with Ziggy Stardust, and that was where he could really embody that role and go against um, this typical masculine role that we saw in um, music stars. Um, and I thought it was really cool. I saw in an um, article 
In an interview Bowie had, he said, um, I always had a repulsive need to be something more than human. And I thought that was really cool and just, you know, shows that he, um, you know, wasn't, he wasn't put on this earth to be fit into a tiny little box. And he really embodied that with his music. Um, you know, he just gave people, uh, he um, offered a different way of being for people. Um, they didn't have to be a certain type. When they looked at David Bowie, they could see that he embodied so many different things. And that really opened, you know, opened up doors for not just um, artists, music artists, but for, you know, everyone around the world. So then that uh, brings us to a new generation of artists that have been inspired by people like Prince and Bowie. Um, that talk, you know, that go against gender norms and they discuss sexuality and it's not made into a big um, ordeal. It's just there. That's who they are. Um, and they want their music to embody that. And um, artists like Lady Gaga, Haley Kiyoko, and Janelle Monet really embody this as like a new wave of artists that are um, accepting and talking about gender norms and their sexuality. Yeah, so one of the primary artists that we want to talk about today, actually, is Janelle Monae. And before we start talking about the way that she works with gender performativity and sexuality in her music, we want to give you a little bit of a background into who exactly Janelle Monae is and why her background and her gender performance are so important in her music. So Janelle Monae herself was born in 1985 to a working class family in Kansas City. And kind of as an homage to her parents, she wears a black and white tuxedo when she performs, which she calls her uniform. And in one of the new singles, Django Jane, she actually says, black and white, yeah, that's always been my camo. So as a way to kind of call back to her working class roots, Janelle Monet is often seen wearing this very signature, very staple uh, masculine tuxedo in a lot of her music, her music videos, and a lot of her um, music award appearances as well. But before she started wearing tuxedos on the red carpet, she was trying to get her big break, which finally came in about 2005 when she started recording songs with Outkast. She was featured on several additional songs on a couple of their albums before finally in 2010, she released her first full-length debut album, Arc Android, which received some Grammy nominations, including Best Contemporary R&B Album. And in this album, she started crafting a new identity for herself and also started creating this concept of this android dystopia, this um, kind of Afro future that really allowed her to play with identity. Um, she continued this theme in her 2013 album Electric Lady, which also included a lot of artists like Prince, who we talked about already today, Erica Badu, and a lot of other very influential black artists. She performed better on the charts with this album, and she actually reached number five on the Billboard Top 200 and received a lot of critical acclaim for this music. And also, um, you may know Janelle Monae from her acting career. In 2016, she was in the movies Moonlight and Hidden Figures, which were both Academy Award-nominated films. And in 2018, which brings us to this conversation, she's going to be releasing her new studio album, Dirty Computer, which contains the two new singles, Make Me Feel and Django Jane. In regards to her identity, Janelle Monet has always been a little quiet on exactly what her sexuality is or um, anything along those lines, and has only ever kind of hinted at notions of difference or notions of um, 
non-dominant categorization. In fact, in the song Queen in her 2013 album Electric Lady, she says, categorize me, I defy every label, and also says, even if it makes others uncomfortable, I will love who I am. Um, and then as mentioned, uh, Monet is often seen sporting her short hair. She wears her black and white tuxedos, and she's often seen wearing menswear. And in this 2018 campaign for her new album, she's still wearing this menswear, appearing on the cover of W Magazine in February, wearing a trench coat and a men's suit. And she also doesn't shy away from makeup and dresses, though, if you see her, say, at the Academy Awards in 2016 or in some of her more recent um, videos uh, in Make Me Feel, she's wearing a lot of cropped shirts, jumpsuits, and more feminine or sheer and revealing outfits. And in Django Jane, she's again sporting suits, um, some with a little more color than the black and white tuxedos, but still um, embodying this masculine energy. Rodney Carmichael in National Public Radio um, wrote an article who actually discusses this binary. And in this article, he says, the feeling that they communicate, they being the differences of wardrobe and kind of aesthetics in the music videos, the difference that they communicate is less about representing a binary with each other than showcasing the marriage and constant dialogue between both her masculine and her feminine presentation. So it's not that Janelle Monae is exactly trying to create these uh, bifurcated identities where she's got her masculine energy and her feminine energy, but instead she's trying to show that there's always a dialogue between both of these. Um, and in Make Me Feel, where you see the more feminine energy kind of present, this song has got a heavy Prince influence. It's seductive. It's like a funky pop jam. It's The music video itself is saturated in pinks, blues, and neons. Um, there's also bar scenes where you can see her with a lot of different young people who are wearing extravagant outfits and dancing and looking around and locking eyes. There's a lot of sexual energy in this video. Um, and most notably in terms of sexual energy and sexuality, at one part during the bridge, uh, it portrays Janelle Monet running between two potential love interests, one being a man and one being a woman. And she's undulating on both of them and there's kind of this um, battle between both of them and eventually they're all embracing together to the lyrics that's just the way that I feel now baby good god I can't help it that's just the way that I feel please I can't help it um, so obviously we're getting these images of kind of combating sexual interests but instead um, calling back to Carmichael it's not showing that there's a straight side to Janelle Monet and a gay side to Janelle Monet there's a dialogue um, this is more about the fluidity of her identity um, whether she would identify as bisexual, pansexual, or just queer in general. Um, she's obviously showing an essence of queerness here in the video. But meanwhile, if you're looking at Django Jane, we have this masculine energy. In all of this, there's a swagger. There's a rap. Um, the whole song is a rap on feminine discourse and black girl magic. Um, she's acknowledging resistance to her gender performance in this song too, uh, specifically saying, remember when they said I used to look too mannish? And, as she says this, she looks down at the suit that she's wearing and kind of gets back into her rap. And she's completely um, confident in having these two different types of presentation and allowing them kind of be at the forefront of her music. Well, yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the um, the binary and talking about sexuality in her music. Um, it directly correlates with a film we actually watched in class, Brideshead Revisited. And it kind of centered around uh, three young adults, or I think they're in their mid-20s, um, Charles, and then siblings, Julie and Sebastian. And it's 
focused on Charles, um, kind of like the decision, the choice he needs to make between Julia and Sebastian because he is, you know, it's shown to the audience that he is attracted to both and he has a relationship with both. Um, he actually, um, throughout the movie, ends up kissing both of them. But then for him, it's like a choice. Um, he doesn't even consider the fact that he could be bisexual, could be attracted to the both of them. Um, he feels like he has to make a choice and um, even end up cutting out, you know, um, Sebastian from his life when he does make that choice. And then he just, you know, he ends up with a woman. He doesn't end up with uh, Julia, but ends up with another woman. And it's interesting to see that they don't bring up in the movie again, really, um, you know, his questioning of his sexuality, but it does show that he ends up not married and pretty unhappy. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting about Brad's Head Revisited is that it is indicative of a lot of this bi erasure that we see in media today. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the music that Janelle Monae is making right now is so important because um, just like Carmichael was saying in his article, these binaries don't work anymore. It's not right. like people are making a choice one way or the other. Instead, we need to be comfortable with the fact that multiple things can be true at once. And this is the same way for gender presentation as it is for sexuality, as it is for anything, really. Um, so I think that's really the message that Janelle Monae is showing yeah. us right now in these no, new music videos. And I'm really excited to see what she continues to do with Dirty Computer. I am too. I am really looking forward to the album. Yeah. So um, you can keep an eye out for that. It's coming out this April. But for now, that's all that we have for you today here at Inquiries and Theories. So thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Noah. And my name is Hannah. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you. 